Hello, this is Mike Gurick, your host and producer of Knitizia, The Well, a podcast series about interesting and noteworthy Ukrainians from around the globe. Today is Friday, April 14th, 2023. This episode is produced for the Ukrainian Weekly, a newspaper that has been published in English for the Ukrainian global community since 1933. Our guest for today's episode is Nadia Parfan, who is a documentary film producer and director from Ukraine, and also founder of the streaming service Talkflix. Welcome, Nadia. How are you? Hello, everybody. I'm uh, honored and glad to be at your show. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today on Kredenitsia. So to start off with, I'd like to get some information about your educational and professional background and also to find out about where you're from in Ukraine. I was born in Ivano-Frankivsk in Western Ukraine, and then I moved to Kyiv for my studies at Kyiv Mohyla Academy, where I graduated in uh, cultural studies. I also studied anthropology, social anthropology at Central European University in Budapest. And only after I graduated, after a few years of trying to do some, let's say, academic business or academic career, I dropped and I switched to filmmaking and especially documentary filmmaking. And in 2015 and 16, I also took a documentary film directing course at Andrzej Wajda School in Warsaw, in Poland. It was a non-degree course, so I would travel between Kiev and Warsaw to just study film directing. So can you talk a little bit about the film industry in Ukraine today? And specifically, how has it changed since the war began? Uh, So the big film industry, big fiction film productions, commercial and mainstream films where a lot of people are involved, uh, that kind of industry is basically frozen and suspended because um, funding would often come from a Ukrainian state film agency or some government-related funds, and they are all now targeted at the national security, the army and the defense, because to be at war is uh, costly. It costs a lot. And a country at war, a small country at war like Ukraine with small budgets cannot afford it. So it's not enough. We need a lot of help from our foreign partners and cultural budgets, film budgets and other budgets are cut. So basically that's the number one reason. Then also, a lot of people joined the army. A lot of filmmakers are in the army. Uh, in a, in two hours, I'm meeting I'm meeting my friend, a fellow filmmaker, and a sound recordist I like to work with. And he's now at war. He joined the army as a volunteer. So uh, a lot of people are simply missing. And besides, ten million Ukrainians left. Um, especially women, mothers, people who had to save their families. So a lot of people are just simply not there. Uh, That altogether made the film industry, I wouldn't say non-existent, but the scale of production is um, nothing compared to what it used to be. Still, there are some small documentary 
film projects and independent film projects going on, a lot of videography and journalism, but the larger film industry, if we say industry as an industry where lots of things are happening is suspended for now, I would say. Paradoxically, this is also the time when uh, two big Ukrainian films are in the cinema. Uh, it's Pamfir by Dmitro Sukhalitki Sobchuk, a film that uh, was uh, at Cannes Film Festival. And um, it's uh, a very beautiful film about Bukovina and about Malanka tradition. It's a criminal thriller. It's something between a genre film and an author-driven film, and it's very well attended, and people go to cinemas a lot in Ukraine. And also the second film that was that just premiered yesterday, I think, called Luxembourg, Luxembourg, by Antonio Lukic, who recently made My Thoughts Are Silent. It's a comedy film. He's also very much loved, and people go to cinemas a lot, and it's uh, it's also even more important for people to watch Ukrainian films and to celebrate Ukrainian cinema, but unfortunately, it is like you know, the last breath before the big crisis that we are awaiting. So, why did you decide to become a documentary film producer and director, as opposed to getting involved in some other genres of film? As I mentioned before, I graduated in cultural studies and anthropology, and I, I was not particularly interested in film as a student and as a young person. But then when I went to Budapest, we took a course in visual anthropology and we were suggested to film or make photographs rather than write. And when I tried it, when I took a camera in my hands for the first time, it just felt right. It felt like the right thing to do. And I think my uh, story, my trajectory is anthropological and sociological. I like to observe and I like, it's like infinitely interesting to just look at people as uh, social animals and I like to observe things. I'm interested in humans. I'm an anthropologist in, inside me. Uh, with the help of uh, camera, you can express what you see. You can communicate it to other people. And as a storyteller, you can also make these stories exciting. You can make people emotional. You can connect with them. And I think somehow documentary filmmaking is just a kind of anthropology to me, but I'm uh, not limiting myself to documentary film only. It is just what I am raised in and the type of film I like to watch most and the type of film I started making. But I also made a first fiction film, a very tiny one. It's called It's a Date. It premiered at Berlinale this year. It also received a special jury mention. And I would want to try other kinds of filmmaking as well. So is that film that you just mentioned, uh, It's a Day, is that your most recent film? Yes, it was. It premiered in February 23, so just two months ago. And what is it about? It's a single shot, five minute film. It's a very high speed drive through Kiev at dawn. And it's 2022, Kiev at war, the capital of a country at war where life goes on. 
it's a love story in a way and uh, then I would need to spoil it for you so I won't tell you what kind of love story it is but you'll just watch it one day at Tagfix. Okay, so let's turn our attention to the streaming service Talkflix. I was very impressed when I found it online recently. And so can you tell us something about it? When and why did you establish it? It was uh, established in late 2019. And the reason I got involved with things like streaming services was that I made my feature film called Hit Singers a full-featured documentary about a um, choir of heaters, of uh, communal, municipal workers who provide heating to people's houses and who have a union and a union choir. Uh, I made this film. It turned to be, I wouldn't say successful in like a um, Hollywood sense of the word, but it was very successful as an artistic, also-driven documentary film. It was very well attended in Ukrainian cinemas. It had a limited theatrical release. It was well received by the festivals. And then uh, a lot of people wanted to watch it. It was kind of famous, but um, they couldn't because it's not that every city has a cinema and it's not that every cinema would show a kind of film like this one. And they started chasing me, basically. Everybody was asking me, where do I watch this film? How can I watch it? And I researched some online platforms. It was, again, um, emphasizing 2019. And the platforms that worked in Ukraine, they were more commercial and they didn't, uh, they were not very happy with author-driven films. So they were not excited to show it. And I would say they did not believe in Ukrainian cinema, in documentary cinema. They didn't have faith that this can be a success. So I decided to start my own platform because I also knew I'm not the only one. I have my friends and colleagues who also made films and those films are beautiful, but they they premiere at a film festival then they sometimes but rarely have a limited theatrical release. And that's it. That's the end of the life for the film. And that's upsetting. So I decided to make this platform to make uh, a film like mine and a film I like by my friends and colleagues uh, accessible to uh, people everywhere in the world. And as of now, three years after Tuckflix was started, it's the biggest online collection of quality Ukrainian films. Most of them are available globally and most of them have English subtitles. So anybody, theoretically, anybody on earth can watch them. There are some limitations, of course, but there are also ways to do it. What is your business model? Uh, it seems from what I've seen, it's primarily a subscription-based service. It's called a TVOD, Transaction Video On Demand. It's not a subscription like you're used to at Netflix or other services. It's a pay-per-view. Uh, it's like an online cinema. You pay, you buy a single ticket for a single film. You can also get a certificate, which is something similar to a subscription. You can get a certificate for one, three or five months. And that way you don't need to pay every time, but uh, mostly it's a pay-per-view model. But um, also revenues and ticket sales is not, it's just one part of the cash flow. It's, uh, it used to be the technical infrastructure was supported by grants. Uh, mostly German 
brands, ironically, but German taxpayers are the biggest investors in Ukrainian culture by the Goethe Institute in Ukraine. They, we won a few grants to develop the smartphone apps and the backend of our web page. And we also have a Patreon. And um, people all over the world support us by their monthly donations. And uh, if you are a patron of Taplix, you also have geo restrictions lifted. So you can watch the films that are geo restricted. And this is a kind of service we do manually for people from abroad. So how popular is the service now? How many users do you have? And is your audience primarily Ukrainians in Ukraine, or are you reaching out to a global audience? We have around 70,000 registered users. Uh, we grew largely in 2022 after the full-scale invasion. I think we doubled the number of uh, viewers and views and transactions. And we are gradually growing and developing most of our audience is still based in Ukraine and not only in Ukraine, it's specifically Kyiv, the capital city, because it's uh, a city where um, the cinephiles live. There is a culture of cinema going and cinema watching in Kyiv. Then maybe other large cities, the second biggest one is Lviv. Uh, but we also have a big audience in Berlin, in Germany, where there is a big Ukrainian diaspora, but also I think it's a very international, multicultural city where people like to watch films and there are non-Ukrainian people interested in Ukrainian cinema as well. Country-wise, it's 60 to 70% Ukraine and 30% other countries. And it has to do, I think, with jail restrictions because not, um, not all of the films are available globally. And I think people who use Netflix and who like subscriptions, they are just maybe not so used to this business model. But I would say that in March and April last year, shortly after the invasion, it was 50-50. And we had half of our audience from abroad, both Ukrainians and non-Ukrainians, because many people started discovering Ukraine. And they just desperately needed something, something accessible, maybe something funny or entertaining to understand what Ukraine is like, other than the news of explosions and the war. Uh, but then now it's, I would say, 60 to 40 percent Ukraine, non-Ukraine, or 70 to 30. Nadia, unfortunately, we're almost out of time, but I did want to ask you one final question. What have been the major challenges in establishing Talkflix as a streaming service? And, and what do you hope to achieve this year? It's overall quite challenging for a filmmaker and a film director to run a streaming platform because I'm not a business major or something. And I had to learn a lot of new things and IT. So it's, it's always a big challenge. I think the hardest thing is to motivate people, both your team, IT people, um, producers, distributors, and right holders to motivate them and to make them believe that this can work. Now that we are three years old, it's easier, but it was very difficult in the beginning because everyone was very skeptical. And, and now what we hope to achieve and what I'm very excited about is our own production. It's a small scale production, but we made 
two short films called Tagflix Original, our own films that we produce intentionally for the platform. And we want to develop this. And I hope that in 23, we will be able to commission some films and bring opportunities to Ukrainian talents because there are not too many opportunities to make artistic projects, creative projects. Nadia, thank you so much for joining us today on Krenitsia. Thank if, you, Michael, and welcome on Tagflix. And if our audience wants to find out more about your streaming service, where can they go online? You just go to tagflix.com. It's available in English and Ukrainian. It has all contacts and social media, and we all speak two languages, Ukrainian and English, so feel free to approach us and ask. That's great. I have been speaking with Nadia Parfan, who is a documentary film producer and director from Ukraine, and also founder of the Ukrainian streaming service, Appflix. And I'm Mike Burek, your host and producer of Kranitsa the Well, a podcast series about interesting and noteworthy Ukrainians from around the globe. This episode is produced for The Ukrainian Weekly a newspaper published in the U.S. for the global Ukrainian community since 1933. Until next time, that's all for now.